The Michigan Wolverines are Big Ten champions for a third consecutive season. The Michigan Wolverines are the number one team in America. They are heading back to the college football playoff for a third straight year. This year, they will be, again, ranked number one, playing in the Rose Bowl against the other blue blood, the team with the second most wins in history, Alabama, Michigan, Bama, Rose Bowl, Harbaugh, Saban. It it, it doesn't really get better than this. But here we are after a tumultuous season and a lot of crazy things. Michigan, once again, held up the Big Ten championship trophy. We didn't necessarily see Tony Petiti give it to Jim Harbaugh. Interesting element there. Uh, We'll kind of discuss the the storyline of that bizarre trophy ceremony as well. But we've got a lot to get to and obviously some controversy with the college football playoff selection. This is Hail to the Podcast, brought to you by Maze and Blue Review. We cover Michigan for the Rivals Network over at michigan.rivals.com. I'm Trevor McHugh, joined as always, Intel Insider Publisher Josh Henschke, who, of course, was big timing <laughs> in his traveling to Indianapolis this weekend, took the game in as a spectator, a much-deserved I guess we'll call it break, but just an opportunity to just enjoy a football game. So how you yeah, doing, Josh? I'm good. It was nice. <clears throat> Excuse me. It was good. Uh, it was good. Um, I wish I could go to every game like that. That'd be awesome. In and out like that. That's uh, it's pretty nice. Uh, very tired, though. I woke up from a nap about like an hour ago. It turned out to be a, a death nap, which is the worst kind of nap to take. But I can't hey. bounce back from naps anymore. Uh, I, I can't remember the last one I took, but this one, whew. I needed badly. So here we are. I'm alive. Kind of. I'm with you. I think, I think all three of us are going to be pretty tired, but until we start talking, some emotions get up. Uh, for those of you watching on screen, Brock Heilig is apparently being held hostage. They captured me last night in Indianapolis and I'm, I'm somewhere near Lucas oil stadium stashed in a closet. He's in the basement. <laughs> uh, this poor man had to sleep on the floor of our hotel room and now has been locked in a closet. So other than that, Brock, how are you doing? <laughs> doing great. Yeah. Michi- Michigan's the three time defending big 10 champs and headed to the Rose bowl. Um, I mean, this is, this is like the golden age of, of Michigan football. I've seen people throw around that term on Twitter and I mean, it, it really doesn't get much better than what we've seen in the last three years. So, Good to be in Indianapolis yet again yesterday. Uh, although I will say, Trevor, I don't know if you planned on mentioning this, but the experience of standing outside the locker room for more than an hour to try and get any pictures or videos of Jim Harbaugh, uh, that that experiment failed. I, you keep I, saying that. You got the video of Jim Harbaugh. You just I got didn't realize that you did. I didn't see <laughs> Harbaugh. I didn't even know he was in the video. And uh, he snuck by me, and I kind of missed him. So yeah. that was that was the low light of the evening. He he continues to pick on himself, but no, it was actually really cool. We got to hang out just outside the locker room uh, during warmups and, and festivities before Victor Championship game, and you know saw Coram getting ready and JJ, and like he said, did see Jim Harbaugh's return to the field, which was really cool. Um, I got fist bumped by Gus Johnson, and. I wish I would have caught video because it was so random because most people like walk by and you're like, Oh, you know, there's whoever, Oh, there's whoever you do a little head nod, whatever. 
And I don't, I think I just said something like, hey, respect, Gus. Not expecting any reaction. <laughs> the dude fist bumps. He goes, what up, baby? <laughs> oh, cool. So that was, so while Brock was pouting about arguably missing Harbaugh coming out, that was my highlight of the night. Just hilarious. <laughs> absolutely hilarious. I love that man so much. But anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll get into our Indianapolis experience. And, the, and then obviously there was a football game, Michigan versus Iowa. Um, Josh, I already saw some of your comments on the on our message board over at the den on michigan.rivals.com, so I have a feeling I know what you're going to say here. But um, that game pretty much went as expected. You know, yeah. uh, I, I did a podcast with um, Elliot over at our partner at Iowa Rivals, and we talked about the Iowa-Penn State game and how that went and kind of the similar matchup that was going to exist and the defensive struggle and Michigan being willing to play Iowa's game and, and probably kind of like a frustrating back and forth game, mm. Michigan 10, zero at half over Iowa as expected Vegas basically hit that spot on. And then even Michigan's final score pretty much spot on with Vegas. Right. So yeah. I know some fans are frustrated again because people like to see Michigan win a certain way. Um, and, and Brock will get to this. I don't know if anybody, you know, if you think you're more frustrated than JJ McCarthy was, I promise you, you're not right. We'll get into that. But Josh, at the end of the day, Michigan just won the big 10 championship with a shutout and they covered the largest spread in the history of that game. And they're number, they're the number one team in America. So tell me why people are upset. Um, (laughs) that's a good question. Uh, you know, they just, people, like to be upset, you know, I mean, I think, you know, people aren't ups, you know, they, they can't be happy unless they're unhappy. You know, everyone, you really, you can't please everyone. And yeah, I mean, I, I get to a certain degree, the, I guess the gripes of, you know, the offense and things like that, but you got to put into perspective the last 12 weeks. I mean, what they did to Ohio state the week before, I mean, I, I don't know what more you can really, really ask for. Um, you know, I, 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 I mean, at this point, I, I really, you know, Michigan, all, all Michigan needed to do was show up and kick a field goal and they'd, they'd be fine. I mean, that's, this is, there's no, there wasn't any need for style points. I mean, it do, it wouldn't have mattered if they won three, nothing and, and, you know, and Michigan gets bumped to the, or they stay at the two seed and Washington gets bumped to the one seed. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, at the end of the day, they didn't need to do anything. And, you know, Iowa's defense is as advertised. I mean, they are the reason they won 10 games this year because it was sure as hell not their offense. I mean, yeah, maybe if Cade McNamara and Eric all and those guys were to, were to stay healthy, I mean, maybe they have some semblance of an offense, but, um, yeah, I mean, really like to, to, to quote Aaron here, I made a joke to my friend yesterday, you know, when Michigan kicked that field goal, when Turner hit that first field goal it was good night Hawkeyes, you know, it, it it's kind of, it's a facetious joke in a way, but it's real. It's true. I'm like, you know, I, I hit, I turned to him. I'm like, Oh, well, thanks for coming out. Iowa. I mean, like, yeah, good luck. Have safe travels home. I mean, I, I don't know what more Michigan needed to do at that point, but you know, I style points right now don't matter. Um, you know, they sure as hell style points sure as hell don't matter against uh Alabama as well. So um, you know, we're at the point now where 
just win your games. It doesn't matter how you win them. Just win, win the games. They, they don't, it doesn't matter how you get there or what you do to get there. Um, the point is, is that you're there, win the game. I don't care if Michigan beats Alabama two nothing. I, I don't care. You know, at this point, it's just the, the, the style points and, and, you know, the, I guess, creativity on offense. I mean, that's, that's fine. Michigan didn't need to be creative. They could have been as vanilla as vanilla could get yesterday, and they would have been totally fine. You weren't seeing you weren't seeing people complain too much against uh, Ohio State when Sharon Moore dug into his bag too. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, people are going to complain. I mean, there you can't possibly make the entire Michigan fan base happy, but you know, it's that which just speaks to how you know immense the fan base is. But um, yeah. It is what it is at this point. Doesn't matter, you know. They're in the playoff. Win your games. You're golden. To your point, real quick, Brock. Before or Brock, before I get to you, um, yards per play defense in the entire country. Number one, Penn State. Number two, Iowa. Number three, Ohio State. Number four is Michigan. Mm-hmm. Opponent touchdowns given up this year: Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa, Penn State. So Michigan literally just played, other than themselves, the three best defenses in the country, yeah. right? On the road at Penn State, did what they had to do to get a victory. Ohio State coming in and then this game against Iowa. So, again, like we said, that was kind of what we expected in terms of an outcome. They didn't turn the ball over. The defense did, and they got a victory. Um, Brock, I, I brought up JJ before we came into this, and I think that is the one, the, the one piece that people are kind of raising their eyebrow at, right? 22 of 30, 73% completion, only 147 yards, though, 4.9 yards per attempt. Once again, no touchdowns. He has one passing touchdown in this like four game stretch here. So, can you talk a little bit about, you know, you were obviously at the press conference after the game. Um, His comments probably stuck out to me the most, but can you kind of just talk about JJ the last few games, some of the thoughts he had to share about the win last night? Yeah. What's, What's different about the the Big Ten championship postgame press conference compared to, you know, all the other ones of the season is there's there's one moderator that's up on stage with the players and Harbaugh. It was Jim Harbaugh, J.J. McCarthy, Blake Corum, Mikey Sainer still. And so the the moderator will kind of when when a question comes in, he'll hand it off to a certain player or coach to answer and. You know, some players or or Harbaugh, if if they really have a good answer, will will chime in unprompted. But JJ wasn't doing any of that yesterday. He was, um, unless he was specifically asked a question, like the question was framed toward him. He wasn't talking. He didn't look like he wanted to be there. He didn't look like he really cared to to answer any questions. I mean, he when he did when he did talk. It was very kind of quiet and somber. You would have thought if if you didn't watch the game and you were in there watching the press conference, you would have thought Michigan had lost if it was just JJ up there and and Harbaugh, Corum, and Sainer still were were not talking or just not there at all. And it, if it was just JJ talking, you would have thought Michigan had lost. And you know he he the funny thing is he he was obviously so upset about how he played, and you know he was kind of talking a little bit about how. There were a few throws he would have liked to have back. And just as he finishes up talking about his, his rough night, Jim Harbaugh chimes in. And he goes, 
he said something along the lines of JJ, you played perfect, man. You didn't, you didn't make a single mistake out there. And, and JJ kind of goes, well, th thanks coach. Yeah, I appreciate that. And you could kind of tell it was just a little bit of coach speak and Harbaugh goes, maybe that one throw to Roman Wilson when you were scrambling to the left and kind of forced it to him. Maybe, maybe that one was a mistake Harbaugh said. And, and uh, it was clear though, that McCarthy wasn't happy with his performance, but, but I mean, Michigan won by 26. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Trevor, you brought it up. McCarthy has what one passing touchdown in, in four or five games now, and Michigan's still winning. They, they won their, their two most important games of the regular season with Sharon Moore. And then they go and win the big 10 title by 26 points against one of the best defenses in football. So, a uh, lot to look forward to to here in the college football playoff. Uh, even even if McCarthy, you know, isn't throwing for 300 yards and four touchdowns like he like he did against Michigan State, I think Michigan's still in a pretty good spot. I think last night the big difference was, you know, compared to the other games, how he was called upon. Right, like yeah, Penn State the numbers weren't there, but he wasn't called upon to do more. Ohio State he was did what you know he did what was asked. Where this game last night felt like some missed opportunities, right? And, and then a big thing, and he's never going to come out and say this, but a big thing was the the pass protection, right? It, first off, we're going to shout out, you know, we know Zach Zinter has been lost, and Barnhart moves to right guard, right tackle, Trent Jones. Trent Jones graded out as the number one pass blocker on the night and the number one run blocker on the night. Uh, he has not allowed a pressure all year which granted he was in run protection a lot as like a jumbo offensive lineman. And then obviously doesn't have as many snaps as the other guys, but really good game for him in terms of pressures allowed Barnhart allowed a couple Nugent allowed a couple, you know, he was obviously dinged up dealing with an ankle injury. Um, he went down early in the game and then literally popped right back up and walked off and seemed fine to, to the end of the game. So that was kind of interesting. Uh, but Ladarius Henderson at left tackle uh, just another, he's had a difficult stretch here dealing with some of the, the better pass rushers that we've seen Michigan face in terms of Penn State, um, Ohio State, obviously, and then, and then last night against uh, Iowa, he allowed six pressures last night. And JJ, through 13 games, has still not thrown a pass away, not a single throwaway pass. Uh, of the, They only had nine pressures last night, but he was sacked four times out of those nine, right? So... You love what he does when he's scrambling and trying to extend a play, but you know, he did a good job taking some of the sacks and not getting hurt last night. Brock, I think you mentioned that when we were on our way back, but um, Josh, I always ask you on the concern meter, right? Um, Bama's pass rush is not quite that of Penn state, Ohio state, their run defense isn't quite Iowa. Uh, they're really good. And obviously Bama's very talented, but as we move forward into the college football playoff and obviously, you know, hopefully a national championship matchup after beating Bama don't want to get into big preview, but JJ and, and what's kind of what we've seen from the passing game. Do you just talk this up to, Hey, these were Michigan's toughest games and they found a way to win. Or, or do you think, uh, you know, you'd like to see them humming a little bit better and you got a little bit of concern with the passing game. Um, I, I don't really know. <clears throat> Excuse me. To be honest with you, I don't really know where I stand on that. Um, you know, I think I, I look at that, I look at all of the, the, you know, what, what Michigan did in a bubble and I kind of just, and I, and I, and I see 13 and oh, I see the number one ranked team in the country, but 
you know, every there's no 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 team in college football is perfect. I mean that that, that there's no such thing as a perfect football team. I mean there, there's going to be some um, some positives and, and negatives with with every program. And um, <clears throat> would you like to see? Sorry, real quick, the thought popped in my head. I want to say this: we've been talking about a Michigan Georgia collision course all year. Yeah, and, and Georgia lost. Yeah, and Georgia's not in the playoff. Right, right. So and. We've talked about maybe Oregon was a team we were really worried about. And Oregon didn't win, and they're yeah. not in the playoff, right? So your perspective – sorry, I hate to interrupt you, but your perspective, like, Michigan's number one, man. Yeah, right, right. This is – and we've talked about it, you know, multiple points of the year. Hey, is Michigan the top program in the country right now? You know, can, do they – do you, you know, give – do you bump Georgia down a notch because of what they did this year? Well, now you can't really argue that Michigan's the top team in the country right now. I mean, obviously, right now is a big, uh, you know, a big, um, you know, I guess asterisk, I suppose, if you want to call it that. But, um, yeah, I mean, would you like to see Michigan be more, I guess, creative? Sure, I guess. Like, but at the same time, they're winning their game. So it's like it's hard to it's hard to juggle. But um, I think. You know, this team is equipped to handle everything that's been thrown at it. I mean, obviously, you don't go, you don't coach a team on how to handle, you know, your coach being suspended for for six games out of the year and and things like that and how to handle NCAA investigations and all that stuff. But um, I think this team is equipped to, to compete. I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's clear that Michigan can't, take Alabama lightly and they're not going to take Alabama lightly, but I think it's also important to not overthink it at the same time too. I mean, I think, you know, in, in last year's TCU game was probably a little bit of overcoaching, overthinking and self-inflicted Absolutely. wounds too. So if you can keep the, the, the self-inflicted wounds down and just play your style of football that you've been playing all year, you know, we'll ultimately see how that stacks up against Alabama. You know, they're not, um, you know, they're, they're not exactly setting the world on fire either. Needed a prayer to beat Auburn. So, I mean, they're not exactly, I guess, humming it on, on all cylinders here. I mean, they have a very good defense and that's kind of what you expect. So, um, I just, I think, yeah, I'm not really sure if I'm concerned or not because they have an entire month to a get healthy and B to prepare. So, it's it's going to be i mean it's not going to be easy i mean and i don't i don't even know obviously it's early and i don't, I don't even know which way i'm going to predict this one to go but um yeah i mean you can never count out nick saban i mean this is this is nick saban we're talking about here so um you know to to write off alabama you know or or even michigan at this point now they've proven it's 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 a it's a tough it's a tough task in in um yeah, I mean, I really wasn't expecting Alabama to be the team uh, heading into this game. I was fully expecting Florida State. So I'm still in the process of trying to process how I'm going to go forward and think about this game because it's still relatively fresh. Well, and, but. and we got a month to do that. Right, exactly. So, oh, exactly. It's gonna be, you're right I, with the, the saving thing too, like having that much time. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I'm you wonder if Michigan took TCU too early or too uh, lightly, you know, last year, right? So, 
I do kind of like that it's Bama, it's the Rose Bowl, right? Not that not that I think this team would mm. take this game lightly with everything they faced and the adversity and everything, but I'm with you. I I just continue to think Michigan's gotten creative when they need to be, and, and Michigan's done what it needs to do to win games all year. So and every well, game plan is different. Right. And they told us that at the beginning of the year that was going to happen. They said, right. look, anybody who's expecting this type of passing offense or this type of rushing offense, like we're just going to win football games, right? Like that's, right. They, they said that from the get go. So yeah, I'm again, I just, I, I trust JJ <laughs> to figure things out and, and I know he cares more than any fan. will. so I always think it's such a weird thing to have like this really strong opinion on it as if they don't care. So, and, and there were some missed opportunities that you normally don't see Loveland, had drop Barner yeah. had a drop. Uh, I, I don't know what to say about the amount of reps Peyton O'Leary got in place of Wilson at times, but like at one point, you know, we're up in the press box. You can see the whole field. That's the, the favorite part of the press box for me is you can see everything lay out. And there was one point Peyton O'Leary was wide open deep and he's like looking at the Michigan sideline back to the play. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, so it's like, he didn't even expect to get the ball. I don't know. I'm not looking to pick on any player, but I just thought there was some interesting moments where things could have maybe gone better. Brock, I, I feel like you could argue people are concerned about the running game too, right? Yep. The, the offense in general, they continue to be really efficient with possessions. Uh, James Turner, the last two weeks, like, you know, when he added and we knew that was going to be valuable. We knew he wasn't going to be Jake Moody. We kept saying over again, he's not going to be Jake Moody. His kicks are right down the middle. Mm -hmm. Every single time he's looked great and he hit a 50 yarder. And, you know, so like that part's going well, Tom, Tommy Doman punting. Right. So in some ways, special teams, and we saw, I'll, I'll get to Samaj Morgan in a moment, but we saw his dynamic return as well. In some ways special teams has picked up just at the right time to kind of fill in the gap where maybe the offense hasn't been efficient as efficient, but um, obviously in terms of the run game last night, you and I were going back and forth you know, when it was time to vote for the MVP of the game and it felt like people were going to pick Corum because of his two yeah. touchdowns, but he had like 30 something yards at the time. Uh, and Brock ran a campaign up in that press box to get Mike Sainer still the award and he was successful, obviously, but that's right. Yeah. But again, in terms of running the ball, um, let me pull this up. I just want to make sure I'm right here. We've got Corum only 16 carries and again, 52 yards, 3.3 per attempt, two TDs. Now, Real quick on those two TDs, Iowa has allowed two rushing touchdowns all year. Yep. <laughs> right? So, like, again, this was one of the best run defenses in the country. But anyway, um, Donovan, four carries, 7.0 yards per carry, by far his most of the year, 28. He had a 17-yard round that looked really, really good. And Kalel Mullings just continues to get five yards every carry. Not on average. Like, it feels like literally – he never gets 10. He never gets zero. Kalel Mullings gets five yards every time he touches the ball. Um, we saw Alex Orgy come out again and, and get another carry, the exact same kind of play they ran against Ohio State. Um, and then JJ's numbers are kind of screwed up because of the, the sacks, obviously. But um, where, where are you on the run game that, you know, we spent a lot of the year talking about, well, maybe if this, like, it is what it is. This is the Michigan run game this year, right? Um, yeah. You know, Donovan still looks like he might break one and then whatever. But um, on the on the concern meter or not, where are you in terms of, of the Michigan run game? And call me crazy, but I think we're going to see a lot more than one Alex Orgy carry heading into this playoff. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but in, in terms of my concern meter for the run game, I, I 
say I'm mildly concerned. Uh, you know, we've talked about it the first 20 minutes on this show. Michigan played three of the better defenses in college football the past four weeks. So, you know, this was kind of partially expected. You're not going to be able to run the ball for 250, 300 yards on on Penn State, Ohio State, or Iowa. But at the same time, when Michigan was playing teams like like Bowling Green and, and UNLV and even early on in Big Ten play, maybe with the exception of the Nebraska game, they still weren't running it particularly well. And now with Zinter out, you've had to shuffle some guys, move Barnhart over to right guard and Trent A. Jones in there at right tackle. It's a, it's a little bit of a concern, especially heading into a, an Alabama game where it, it's a team that's going to be every bit as physical, every bit as as athletic, as strong. I don't know if you could say that about Iowa, this, the way you can say that about Alabama. They have Alabama has very talented players, and maybe it hasn't worked out for Nick Saban this year and 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 the last couple of years the way it has in the past in the 2010s, the late 2010s. But um, this it's going to be it's going to be a, a tough battle for Michigan. They're not going to walk in there and you know run the ball for for 200 yards and have no problems and have Corum. Corman Edwards running through holes like untouched. It's not going to happen, right? So I'd say I'm mildly concerned. Uh, we'll see where Bama's defense stacks up with Iowa, Ohio State, and Penn State. But yeah, with, Zint- with Zinter out and and the offensive line just n- not really clicking like it has the past two years, uh, it's a little little bit concerning. But you know they've got a month to figure it out. Hopefully they can gel together with that new offensive line and, and kind of get a little bit of a rhythm going. Yeah. The, uh, Toski, the goat is here in the comments, made that point as well. Uh, being able to spend the next month for this offensive line to, to get cohesive in their new formation will, will be beneficial. I continue to think the run game is a little underrated because they're not getting the explosive runs that would have boosted some of their numbers in years past. Right. We, we kind of did some math in terms of earlier in the year with less carries and, and less plays overall for Michigan, that if, if you had a similar carry load for quorum, his yards would actually be almost identical to what he did the previous year. So I think the lack of explosive plays is affected as well, but you're also right. They're just, they're not always getting into those second and short uh, situations like they always have. Right. Um, I think it's an interesting piece too, in terms of using the passing game as a partner with the run game. Right. We've seen more screen passes the last few weeks as well. And almost helping out with the short, you know, in play like a West coast offense in place, a short run game. They had three screens last night. What shocked me about the three screens though, is they also only had three play action passes. Right. JJ is unbelievable out of play action and we haven't seen a ton of it. And I mean, only three compared to what do we have? 25. Oh, sorry. That was under clean. Even worse. 27 non-play action snaps. So he's 21 of 27, 138 yards, and then only one F three in the play action. But again, the only three now, maybe that's indicative of the run game, right? Like the run game doing well helps play action and vice versa. That's part of it. The screen passes have been interesting because it feels like either the defense has a good read on it or, or maybe 
you know, it, it's Morgan and he doesn't have a blocker or it's Edwards and he's getting turned around. Like it, it's just not been smooth. If that makes sense when they've gone to this uh, screen game and then Donovan Edwards, Brock had to talk me off the ledge last night because every <laughs> single time they put him out wide and got a linebacker on him, they brought him back in, obviously either to set a pick or go in the flat or do whatever. And I'm like, why are you not at least once <laughs> sending him deep? You're getting a matchup every single time. I, I continue to lose my mind. His, his average depth of target is like at one point was negative yardage because of screens, but it's like 1.2 or something. They're, they're yeah. just not getting him downfield. So anyway, I don't know if I'm concerned about the offense because I mean, obviously you'd love to see them humming and just look unbelievable. Um, but I, I think they continue to, to find ways to win and, and do what they need to do to win. And, and I think they know what needs to be worked on and yeah, losing center was massive. And it's, you know, we'll see what they do with the offensive line. It, it, it's not the Joe Moore award winning offensive line this year, but it doesn't need to be either. It could be good enough. So, and, and part of the reason it can be good enough paired with the special teams we brought up this Michigan defense, we've talked about all year in terms of in the Jim Harbaugh or even going back to 97, where this ranks just an unbelievable performance. I know the Iowa offense is atrocious and man, I wish we would have had the Cade McNamara storyline and Eric all and all of that, but Josh, this defense, it's just, there was no Will Johnson last night, mm -hmm. right? And, and Michigan continues to do so well that you don't comment on the fact that they didn't have these players, right? Like, it's not a big storyline. There's no zitter. It's not a big storyline that Will Johnson's not out there. Again, I'm not going to pretend there's some massive passing threat from Iowa, but still, Mike Sainer still MVP of the Big Ten Championship game, forced fumbles, played out of his mind. The defensive front, Again, those seven to nine guys, I guess, if you want to throw Benny and Good into that combo as well. But obviously, McGregor and Moore on one side, Harold and Stewart, and then, of course, the trio of Grant Graham and Jenkins up front. The linebackers played well again. Just We saw Macari Page make a play last night. What – I don't know, whatever you want to say about this, Steve. I'm getting speechless in terms yeah. of just how impressive they've been as – I know they say the no star defense and that kind of thing because it's such a committee approach, but there's a good mix of stars on that defense, but it still continues to be. There's just not a ton of drop off between the best players and some of the guys they rotate. Yeah. You know, in order to have, you know, a top rank defense, you got to have good players on it. And obviously they can say, you know, the, the no star defense and, and things like that, but um, you know, I dread to think of where that defense would be without guys like, uh, Mikey Sanders still and, and Mike Barrett and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean the fact that, you know, they mentioned that, you know, this is a no star offense, but yeah, if they didn't have those guys, they would probably be talking like it's entirely different defense. So, um, it, it's really, it's the great equalizer. I think, you know, if, if your offense isn't getting it done in certain points, if it hits kind of a, a sliding game, um, you can trust your defense to also minimize that impact on the opposite side of the ball too, on, on with the other team kind of slow them down as well. So um, I think as I've, I've mentioned this many times before Michigan's defense is going to give you a chance no matter what. So, and I, and I definitely think um, this, it matches up well with, with Alabama's offense too. I mean, obviously I think the, the this game is going to rely on, the arms of 
JJ McCarthy and Jalen Milrow. I mean, that's just what it's going to come down to. And, and duh, obviously, I mean, quarterbacks win you games and good quarterbacks win you games, but um, we'll kind of see what kind of Jalen Milrow comes out because he's not, I mean, he's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's a very, very good quarterback, but wildly just, you get one or you get one or the other, you know, you don't get an in-between because you saw some really, I mean, I watched, the, the last half of the Alabama Auburn game uh, was pretty, pretty average until he wasn't, you know, at the end where he, <laughs> he threw that, uh, that prayer to um, Isaiah bond in the corner of the end zone, which should have never happened in the first place. I mean, that was just, that was more of an indictment on Auburn than it was um, Alabama's offense. But um, I just, I think, and and you also have to think too. I mean, and Milrow is very mobile too. And Michigan has had issues <laughs> for years covering mobile quarterbacks. This isn't just a this isn't just a uh, you know a recent development. I mean, Michigan has had issues covering um, mobile quarterbacks for a while now. So uh, that's another layer that that Michigan really has to zero in on. And they really haven't faced super mobile quarterbacks this year. I mean, little, uh, little Tua was probably the most mobile, but he didn't really, I think they're actually really comparable. Milrow and Talia. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're both good quarterbacks. They can kill you with their legs. If you're not, you know, if you're not, um, and they can make mistakes too. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I think that's probably the, the most comparable, um, you know, comparable one here. So, um, I just I think Michigan's defense will give you a chance no matter what. Um, you know, I think they they are built to be um to match up against any team that they face. So we'll kind of see. Oh, I just smacked my mic there. Um we'll kind of we'll kind of see what <laughs> I know I just gave it a good smack. Um you know, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens, but yeah, I think it's abundantly clear that you know, this game is going to rely on who makes the less mistakes between McCarthy and, and Milrow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, should be good. Looking forward to it. Brock, if you have something else you want to mention, go ahead. But I did want to give you an opportunity to, to comment on Mike Sainer still because I'm such a sucker for the post-analytic stuff that, like, in the moment I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know. This game is ridiculous, dude. So, first off, he grades out 90.5, number one defender, on the team against Iowa. He ties for the team lead in pressures with three. He gets a sack. He gets two defensive stops in the run game, a pass breakup, two forced fumbles. He took six snaps in the box, 10 in the slot and 36 is outside corner. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I know we've talked about the, uh, the importance of Mike Sainer still and, and his, transitioned from wide receiver to nickelback and how good he's been that one blitz he had where he didn't get home. But like, we saw him just screaming off the edge. I was like, Oh my God, he's going to, he's going to wreck up here. But anyway, um, his leadership, we've talked about all these things, but what, what a game. Yep. Will Johnson, not out there. And Mike Sainer still just steps up in a big way. I, I want to talk a little bit about Sainer still and, and the MVP. I'll, I'll get to the MVP part in a second, but he is, he's a true Michigan man. Like just hearing him talk all the time. He's met with the media plenty of times this year. 
and you know sticking around for five years, changing positions, telling telling Harbaugh he'll play center if he has to in order to have the team win. Like it doesn't get much better than Mikey Sainer still. And you know Michigan really likes blitzing him uh, from that corner spot. There was one play, uh, might have been in the first half. I could be wrong though. Where Sainer still came shot out of a cannon uh, toward the quarterback, pressured uh, Deacon Hill and. I, th- I think the pass ended up being incomplete, but you know, just just his willingness to do whatever it takes for the team. He's five foot ten, one hundred eighty two pounds, and and they blitz him consistently. You know, from the cornerback position, he's he's a small guy. He's lined up on Marvin Harrison Jr. last week when Will Johnson goes down. He'll play corner against Iowa for for Trevor, like you mentioned, the majority of the game when Will Johnson is out, like. Mike Sainer still will do whatever it takes for the team to win. And, and, you know, credit to him for putting up the stat line that he did. I'm really happy that he won the MVP award because I voted for him. And last Brock was furious that he picked the wrong person last year. He wanted whoever he voted for to be the winner. He was very insistent on this. (laughs) Last, last year I voted for Will Johnson. He had the two interceptions, but I overlooked Donovan Edwards and his, 185 yard performance and Edwards won it. And ever since last year, I was determined to vote for the right person this year. And I did, I voted for Sainer still. You predicted those two interceptions though. Remember? I do remember that. You called that. You said, you said, Will was not going to have one, but two interceptions. So I think you were patting yourself on the back by voting. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, I was, but good, good for Sainer still, man. You know, fifth, fifth year in the program, he, Switches from wide receiver to nickelback, and, and now he's Big Ten Championship MVP. One more guaranteed game for him. So, you know, he's going to leave it all out on the field against Alabama. I'm excited to to see what he can do. I want to touch on the defense one more time here, Josh, before uh, we move into the CFP rankings and, and the decisions that went into that, and then obviously the, the controversy that is. Alabama being chosen even to begin with. But uh, we mentioned Sainer still. Colson and Barrett both graded out second second and third. Awesome day from the linebackers. Oh, look, there's Mason Graham. No surprise, but came from him as well. Um, the, the pressure again, Kenneth Grant had three. Braden McGregor. I love any time Braden McGregor has a big game and it shows up in the stat sheet because I feel like he's just been an, an awesome player all year. Um, he had the the force fumble as well coming around. Derek Moore had a good game. Jalen Harrell, another three pressures and another sack. Um, and then Josiah Stewart also generated a pressure. So going back to kind of what you talked about with, again, not full out Alabama preview. We're not ready to get into that. But when you're thinking about the, the pressure and, and we, what the defense was going to do all year, right? We still haven't seen the Hutchinson right? The, the guy that gets the double digit sacks and pin his ear back, get back every single time. But Michigan has consistently created this pressure that is making quarterbacks uncomfortable, forcing bad throws, forcing incompletions, forcing turnovers, right? Um, coverage has been good enough mm-hmm. to allow that pressure to get through and, and make time. And then obviously Jesse Minter has just been unreal. I, I know Marvin Harrison's comment last week really stuck out to you when he was like, I haven't seen that type of coverage, right? So Nick Saban's going to have a month, but Jesse Minter with, with the pet, the pressure he's been able to get up front. 
how confident are you that this defense is going to have a game plan that could really impact uh, that little here? Oh. Yeah, I think. Um, oh, 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 hold on. Hold Josh. On. <laughs> yeah, I just noticed that. Okay. James, um, I'm not going to say your last name because, you know, obviously everyone, <laughs> everyone watching can see this and I'll save it for the, uh, I'll save it for the, um, yeah, uh, but James, thank you. Jimmy, old Jimmy boy, uh, Jimmy H, I appreciate you. <laughs> Jimmy double H. Um, you know, I guess that's the only way to do it, I suppose. Uh, thank you for your uh, donation here. A uh, few things are better than Michigan winning the Big Ten and Danny Cannell having a total meltdown on Twitter over the, the Florida State missing the playoffs. That guy is a clown and an embarrassment to college football. We'll uh, get to it. We'll get to it yes. very soon. But yep. I do love how anyone who's upset with either the college football playoff committee, the NCAA, whoever, is complaining about Michigan. It's just yep. so funny. But anyway, yep. Yep. Uh uh, James, I, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Um, Ralph, sorry, I'm not going to say the name. Um, I don't know how you got here if you can't see it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it as much as you, as much as no one's going to trap me into saying that. Um, I almost, yeah, it was, I had to think about it for a second, but you know, we're, we're good. We're good here. We'll, we'll pull um, the comment back up when we get to the uh, Florida State conversation. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, yeah, Jesse Minter, pass rush in, in this defense. <laughs> <laughs> oh. To say it. Uh, well, you know, yeah, oh I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Ralph. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Um, what was the original question? I got totally sidetracked there. What pass rush, the, pressure, committee approach. Okay, yes. Jesse yeah. Minter, um, um, whatever else. Yeah, I think – you know, third time's a charm, right? I mean, obviously, Minter wasn't part of the the staff during the first uh, playoff appearance against Georgia, but um, that's been a problem, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, the game planning. I mean, the first time, okay, yeah, that's that was they were just happy to be there. The second time, you'd expect a little bit better performance than what they had. The third time, now that you've, you know, got two of those losses out of the way, now, you, I mean, I'm not saying that they never took anyone you know, it's not didn't take anyone seriously or anything like that. But now this is one they kind of lock in and just be like, Hey, we gotta, we gotta do, we gotta do this. We gotta get this together. And really it's going to be a great chess match. I mean, um, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm ready to call Tommy Reese, uh, you know, this, this incredible offensive mind, Don't. but <laughs> no, but I don't, I don't think so. I think he's called a good, some good games, but I mean, I think the chess match between those two, is going to be really good. Um, obviously, Harbaugh versus Saban. I mean, what more can you really ask for in that regard? Um, you know, that's just it's just a great a battle of two, uh, you know, legendary coaches. And yes, Harbaugh is a legendary coach, whether you like to think that or not. Um, he absolutely is. And seeing those two face off, um, you know, it's 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 a uh, it's a pleasure for for you know just a college football fan in general two iconic programs and two iconic coaches going up against each other and then obviously the staffs that complement those coaches going head to head with the chess pieces and all that stuff uh should be good should be good but um i just don't see this team not 
being unprepared. I don't I don't think Michigan was unprepared for any it might have been overprepared if anything yeah. else. Yeah, I think overprepared would is a good um they yeah, I mean they just the injuries over- were significant, but yeah, still, yeah. Yep. But yeah, I'm I, I just I think they'll get it right. And that that's not necessarily meaning that they'll win, but I think they'll get this right this time around and um yeah, I mean, it, it's it's totally this is totally, I guess, uncharted territory because we're not talking about a Georgia who you know we've looked at all year and kind of set the standard. I mean, this is a new team that's come out of the woodwork. So, um, and I don't think they're 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 similar, um, you know, Georgia and, and Alabama. And that's not a slight on Alabama or or Georgia. I just don't. I think they're too different programs and um yeah i mean it's they're they're obviously bama's good i mean they they deserve to be in the conversation do they deserve to be in it i mean that's a whole different conversation that i know brock's just chomping at the bit to get very next thing i'm gonna ask yeah to get into but um i think it's it's just good overall for michigan to heal up and they're not necessarily super banged up too which is a big difference this year i mean you've seen it Michigan has not been um, – Michigan's been healthy for the most part. I mean, obviously losing Zinter is, you know, is, is horrible. And, and um, you know, a timing like that never helps. But um, I just I just feel like this layoff and this amount of time to give some rest to these guys will be enough to kind of, um, you know, reconvene and, and you know, go into this – this last, maybe the last game of the golden era, who knows? Um, the window is like that right now. And they've got a chance to blow it wide open in the next, into the week after in, in, in January, or you could see it slam shut before your eyes. So, um, these next few weeks will really determine that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just, this team has seen it all. I mean, it's been prepared for everything. I just don't see this team coming into being unprepared or being surprised by anything. I just, it, it just from, they've had a, a like a decade's worth of adversity in like three months. It's it's just it's just wild. So, um, yeah, I just don't see this team being unprepared any into this game. I really don't. I think mentally too, it, it's going to be nice to be able to recalibrate. Like it, it's been a it's been a rough few weeks. Yeah. Right. And obviously, Jim was back and. Um, I thought it was pretty cool to see his entire family celebrating with him on the field as well. So from a health standpoint, their goal all year of rotating and staying fresh, obviously the Zinter injury was significant, but it was also kind of fluky, right? Uh, Kalel Mullings has been playing with a splint. So as Cole said, those could be coming off. Will Johnson, we expect to be healthy and, and Nugent, we expect to be as healthy as well. So really, again, you're going to have injuries. The Zinter was, was kind of a fluke, but yeah, they are in a really good spot. So and obviously, like we said, the Rose Bowl against Bama, man, if you can't get excited for that. Yeah, you don't know. I mean, that, that's what makes college football great, right? It's going to be great. amazing. But that being said, <laughs> the reason Michigan is playing Alabama, obviously, is because they were ranked the fourth team. Uh, Texas, after beating Oklahoma State and winning the Big 12 championship, comes in at the three. They'll play Washington in the Sugar Bowl. And Florida State, the undefeated ACC champions are on the outside looking in um, explicitly because their quarterback, Jordan Travis has been injured and lost for the year. The the committee outright said that today. Um, 
you know, they made comments about them being a different team. And uh, who would you, this one really shocked me. I couldn't believe that, that Boo Corrigan said this out loud, talking to coaches, the former coaches in the room about who would you rather play and who don't you want to play? Right. Like that being some sort of criteria. So we'll get into the, to the back and forth real quick. I want to kind of say what my mindset was in terms of the likely outcomes. And then Brock, obviously I, I will let you have the floor when the night first ended in my mind, once Florida state won, and let's be clear, they won by 10. They were underdogs in that game. Right. And as maybe their offense wasn't as good, their defense was phenomenal. Right. Louisville beat Notre Dame. Louisville is a good football team, whatever. I thought the debate was going to come down to Alabama and Texas. And that was kind of my initial conversations was, you know, Brock and I even went back and forth about yes, head to head matters. Right. But it's not the whole story. Right. We got to get into the resume and et cetera, et cetera. And we're watching the Vegas odds and Florida state last night was like minus 700 to get in. So it looked like it was going to be Alabama, Texas. And I remember I literally said, let's see what the talking points are in the morning because the act of picking these playoff teams is not a sporting event. It's a political event. It's what it is. The people in the rooms making the decisions, the people putting out the talking points. We saw Saban, even Kirby Smart lobbying for Georgia, which again, if we're talking about four best teams, I'd argue George is one of the four best teams. If we're just talking, I don't care about record or anything, just in general, you're not getting in as a non-con with five good conference champs. Right? But anyway, first thing in the morning, uh, it, was, it was Heather Dinich, I think we saw, and she immediately started talking about Florida State. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is it. They've realized they don't have an argument against Texas. Their argument to get in is against Florida State. Nobody was attacking Texas anymore or the fact that like, you know, they lost Oklahoma and Alabama beat Georgia, right? It was Alabama versus Florida state. It was clear that that was the political move that was going to happen. Um, I get it. Right. I get it. But for me, I was like, here's what I would say. We have five conference champions. Three of them are undefeated Two have one loss. The three conference champions that are undefeated are in. We're left with Texas and Bama for the last spot with one loss. They have pretty remarkably similar resumes here and there. Texas won head-to-head. Texas gets in. I thought that would be the least controversial decision because it's easier to defend. Now, Bama had already come out and said, well, we're just not going to play tough opponents anymore because if we play tough non-conference opponents, what's the benefit if it hurts us? Well, first off, you don't. You play eight conference games. Texas was your ninth P5, same as Michigan who played in any other Big Ten school, right? They're literally going to be in your conference next year, and the rest of your non-con is garbage, and you schedule a soft layup right before you play Auburn, and it didn't even matter, right? So I thought that argument was stupid. Also, Texas can say, we are going to schedule tough games because we're getting into the playoff because we beat you, right? Anyway, so the decision's made. It's Alabama, and undefeated Florida State is left out. Um, Brock, you, you were pretty pretty upset about this so as a young man who has not seen this level of corruption for the last 30 years like josh and i have and are probably not as shocked <laughs> so tell me your thoughts about alabama getting in and florida state being left out of the college football playoff i have a lot of thoughts and i'm going to try and organize them as best as possible let's get comfy Ugh. first first <laughs> off i i firmly believe the committee got it wrong 
it should have been Florida State at four and Alabama at five. Listen, I understand quarterback is the most important position in football and, and everything runs through the quarterback. And, and on most teams, that player is the best player on the team. You can't punish the rest of the entire Florida State roster for the quarterback, Jordan Travis, being injured. You can't. First of all, they came in at four last week in the, in the penultimate college football playoff rankings. They were fourth. They go out. They don't look great against Louisville, but they beat Louisville by 10. And then all of a sudden they drop below Bama and, and the committee just says, oh, it's because their quarterback's injured and, and we don't think they're really that good. It was the first time that an undefeated Power 5 champ has been left out. And... And it was the wrong move. It, I, I firmly believe Florida State should have been at four. And I, th- I saw a tweet. I think it was from Ant Wright, but I could be wrong. Imagine if, if Alabama had lost to Auburn. If, if they don't complete that, that prayer there late in the fourth quarter, Alabama's ten and two going the, going into the SEC title game to take on Georgia. Alabama's out at that point. Even if they beat Georgia, they they got two losses. They're out. If, if if Bama beats Georgia with two losses and put, and sends Georgia to 12 and one, I think the committee still would have put Georgia in at four. I think they would have put 12 and one non-conference champ Georgia in over the undefeated Florida state, which is just cruel, man. You, you can't drop a team, a, a spot, the most, the most crucial spot from four to five from, from contending for a national title to not just because their quarterback is injured. Like, the whole the whole best team the four best teams argument kills me because if we actually wanted the four best teams competing for a national title in in my opinion it looks something like Michigan, Georgia, Alabama and Ohio State. Ohio State, absolutely. And it, it'd be like that most years than not. Every now and then you'd get I don't know, maybe a a Texas, not this year because I don't think they're one of the four best, but You'd get you'd get another team every now and then, but for the most part, it'd be Michigan, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State. So that's that's where that argument is flawed because Georgia comes in at six, and they're, in my opinion, clearly one of the four best teams. So at that point, you got to go to most deserving, and and Florida State was much more deserving than Alabama was. But at this point, it's over. Michigan gets Alabama. Uh, Should have been Florida State, in my opinion, but. It is what it is. That's that's my thoughts on the whole thing. And let's be clear too, like this narrative that, you know, who would you want to play, right? Would Michigan want to play Florida State instead of Alabama? Yeah. Yeah, but like that's not the point though, right? Like there's other teams I'd want to play too. And honestly, I'd rather play Alabama. I know Alabama just beat Georgia, but I'd rather play Alabama than Georgia, right? I was worried about Oregon, right? And this, oh, who's going to be favored? Like, oh, they'd be favored. Georgia was favored over Washington. Georgia was favored, or excuse me, um, Oregon was favored over Washington. Georgia was favored over Alabama. Michigan was favored over TCU last year, right? There's a reason we play the games. The games have to matter, right? And it's interesting, too, because we saw Ohio State with third-string quarterback Cardale Jones 
win a national championship. And maybe that's what they had to do. They had to go win 59 to nothing. So the, the committee had no choice but to put them in kind of thing, right? Um, I think what bothers me is the precedent of it right now. We're moving to a 12-team playoff. And let's be clear. We should have already had a 12-team playoff, right? The, the people involved in this, one, even when they went to four, should have had the foresight to see that four wasn't going to be enough and this was going to eventually get bigger. And then we were on track to have it by 2023. This was supposed to be the first year we had it. And all these rich people get together in this room and just couldn't figure it out. You know, that's, that's the worst part about it is like, we didn't even need to have this situation. Right. And this is the only sport where we talk like this, right. And every other sport where it's as simple as whoever has the best record gets in right. Better teams lose all the time and better teams don't get into the playoffs that should have. Right. That's always part of it. But I think the precedent that bothers me the most, and there has already been a couple comments about it. And, and I want to show, I want to show this. Jordan Travis, and just so we're clear, if people don't know, suffered a devastating leg injury and was lost for the season, right? Pretty obvious the leg injury was significant and that he would be lost for the year. But what if teams now feel an urge to maybe cover up injuries or rush players back quickly? Or as Jordan Travis brings up, maybe just the timing of the injury matter. So uh, read what he says here. Devastated, heartbroken, and so much disbelief right now. I wish my leg broke earlier in the season so you all could see this team is much more than the quarterback. I thought results matter. 13-0 and this roster matches up across any team in the top four rankings. I'm so sorry. Go Knowles. That disgusted me. Props to him. Right. This is a guy that, that's played multiple years, um, was having he was a Heisman candidate at one point, was having a good year. We're at the point where a college football player who is not compensated fairly <laughs> for what he does and the risks he takes medically, which, again, Jim Harbaugh on national television took another opportunity to say, hey, don't forget to share that revenue. Right. We've reached a point where that kid is now apologizing for getting hurt. Right. And this idea that they're a different team without him, right? And that you can't win with defense. Or Michigan's a different team without Zach Zenter, right? Michigan was a different team without Blake Corum last year, yeah. right? And and I understand the quarterback touches the ball every time. I'm not stupid. I know why that argument is different. Um, where are you going, Josh? All right. We'll talk to him in a minute. Uh, <laughs> um, but it, it just would Florida state gone in and had a shot at winning the national champions. Of course they have a shot cause they're in there, but would they have the best shot or would they, of course not. No, you know, of course not, but that's just not the point. They, right? they earned the spot. Yeah, they earned it. And, and when we start, I feel like when you start trying to craft the matchups, right. Or like, Oh, what you think will be good. It never works out. Right. Nobody yeah. thought Michigan and TCU was going to be the game that it was going to be. Right. And yes, TCU got blown out by Georgia and the Natty, and that was not entertaining and whatever. They earned the right to get their ass kicked by Georgia. Right. Just like Michigan earned the right to get their butt kicked by Georgia in 2021. Michigan State earned the right when they got shut out against Alabama. This is the system that the people that made this decision have created. 
And now they're blaming the teams for their stupid process, right? Like you made this system. You could have fixed it, right? Um, Josh, I, I'm coming off like I'm very anti this decision. I do get it. I do get it, right? Bama beat the number one team in the country, right? Yes, they lost to Texas, but you can argue that's one of the best losses of the year. Where I start to get frustrated, I think, is like, make the argument for me, right? Just because Florida State's undefeated, that isn't enough for me. The ACC is down, right? And the LSU win doesn't look as good as he's used to, and Clemson didn't. But some of it is just ACC, SEC perception, right? Florida State's 2-0 and against the SEC this year. The ACC is 6-4 and against the SEC this year, mm-hmm. right? And, and we've brought it up like Bama. Let me just name a few of these real quick. 27-24 over Auburn. I know it's a rivalry game. Things can happen, but like, eh, right? They had to come back in a big way against a Tennessee team that's really down. Only beat Arkansas by three. Only beat Texas A&M by six. South Florida, 17-3. to And then, of course, the 10-point loss to Texas. And, and Josh Brock was making the analogy, what if this happened, right? If Florida State had lost by double digits at home to anybody and Bama had a quarterback injury, are we seeing this exact same flip? I don't think so, personally, no, no. right? And, yeah, yeah. And the, and the narratives just don't match because, again, if 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 Bama goes ahead of Florida State, and I know the rankings five through whatever technically don't matter, but where would Florida State actually drop? It wouldn't be five. You'd have Georgia above Florida State. You'd have Oregon above Florida State. You'd have Ohio State above Florida yeah. State, right? So, like, your criteria doesn't match. It's just – and, again, this is the system we've been given. Somebody was going to get screwed today. Yeah. Somebody was going to get screwed today because there is a world where it's like, man, Bama got left out of the playoff for, <laughs> you know, beating Georgia. That's crazy. But to Brock's point, what the hell are they releasing these rankings for? Yeah. Every single week. If Florida oh, State's at four and Bama's at eight, like, what's the point? And yep. then, like, you're not going to address the injuries before the last ranking, but for the last one, you are going to project forward. And you're going to give Michigan credit for winning without Sharon Moore, but you're going to punish Florida State. Like, I don't know. How do you, how do you feel about it? Again, it's over. It is what it is. But how do you feel about it? Did you expect this? No, I was. I thought it was going to be Florida State because an undefeated conference champion. I mean, what more do they need to do? Um, you know, the undefeated conference champion. Uh, Michigan, undefeated conference champion. Washington, undefeated conference champion. I mean, I, I just – I don't know. I don't know what we're doing here. I mean, obviously, it's the last one, so we don't have to worry about it. Sorry, this is a really good point. Florida State's best loss or only loss is Georgia losing. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. I, yeah, Florida State absolutely got hosed. And your, your, your fate is based on a bunch of crackpots in a room angrily talking things over amongst themselves. I mean, we thought the computers were bad. Yeah, well, now you've got a bunch of old people in a room trying to figure things out. That's even worse. Fun fact, the BCS models that still people still run or whatever would have had one through three, the exact same, Michigan, Washington, Texas. They had Florida State at four, Bama at five. Yep. At this point, so, I just – I don't know. I, I – you know – 
even when we make the argument that things are going to 12, I mean, that's also assuming that they get it right again. I mean, it's yeah, just going to be more teams. Yeah, exactly. So you're I mean, going to have yeah. six teams for two spots that you're arguing about. Right. And the margin for error with 12 teams is a lot, you know, it, it, you get a lot of leeway there, but man, I just, I don't know what we're doing here. I, I, I just, I really don't, I don't, I don't see why, you know, what Florida state did and someone said, you know, no, no, they don't deserve to be there. I mean, if anything, without Travis, they still won. So you're trying to tell me that, that, you know, Michigan's six wins without Jim Harbaugh aren't good because Jim Harbaugh wasn't there. The committee in some ways has argued it makes those wins more impressive. Right. So where's so, the where's the uh, you know I I don't know I I don't know I I don't know I mean this is this is it's it's ridiculous I mean the whole process is stupid um, yeah. the the reasoning behind it is is stupid I mean if you're it, it, you almost should have to consider auto bids at this point I mean if you're a, a power five major conference and you're undefeated and you win the conference outright. You need to be in, regardless. That'll be the twelve team, right? And that'll be the twelve team. The five, they're going to go from six to, because the Pac twelve died, so they're going to have five. So you'll have the four major conferences, and then you know whoever the highest rated G five is or whatever. But even then, like it's still a weird situation where the Big Twelve is not the SEC or the Big Ten. So like you'll have these like conference champs and then the rest of the bracket might literally be filled out with big 10 and sec teams. They put Cincinnati but, in the playoffs. Right. Undefeated Cincinnati in the playoffs. Yeah. And I what? think that I'm glad you brought that up because we've had this argument with undefeated teams before, but it was never a power five. No. Right. And, and yes, undefeated teams with weaker schedules. Again, they, they played LSU. They play Florida. It's a rivalry game. It's not their fault. They're not as good. <laughs> right like and, and i know that it's where we get in this weird thing with the strength of schedule blah 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 and then again i've seen a lot of comments yeah but bama beats this team by whatever you can't say that are you probably right yes but when we play games sometimes the team that wasn't favored wins yeah that's, that's why you play and you also can't take the results after the fact to then justify the decision, right? So Florida State's going to play Georgia in Orange Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool matchup for the narrative and everything that's going on, right? If Georgia comes out and stops Florida State, everyone's going to see you wanted him in the playoff. That doesn't change the argument of why they should have been in the playoff. Right. right? So I, that's, I hate the idea that that's going to happen. And again, Oh, they would have been favored by this much. And yeah, but Bama's better. I know, but that's not, it's just not the point. I don't feel good about it. And and I probably wouldn't have felt great about Bama getting left out either. And then if they would have done something where Florida State and Bama get in and Texas gets left out, now it's like, well, Texas beat Bama on the field, right? I, I come back to, again, the bigger picture here, <laughs> whether we're talking about this college football playoff and it only being four teams for 10 years for some stupid reason or the mess that is NIL and players being taken advantage of or the lack of a revenue share, proper medical, like, right. This sport is amazing and we all love it for the tradition and the rivalries. It's, it's, it's amazing, but it is corrupt. It is dysfunctional. 
It's inept at times. It's, it's, it's amazing in spite of itself, right? In spite of the NCAA. And now this college football playoff committee where it's like, why can't, why does it have to be this hard? <laughs> right. So I, I continue to not be part of me is not mad at the committee per se, because they were, we have this stupid system to begin with. Right. And I'm not mad at Florida state for being mad. And I'm not mad at Bama for getting in. Cause on the flip side of that, Bama did what they needed to do. Right. And they do have a point like, Oh, what, why would we play Texas? Right. Again, there's just no clear answer. That's the problem. So I didn't see what comment you put up, but um. If Michigan and Washington yeah. lose, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is there's all these different scenarios that could have played out. Like Florida State, and I guess that's kind of the point. Florida State's not out because of anything they they did. They're out because of the way other dominoes fell. Yep. And SEC bias. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 100%. I, props, by the way, to Joey Galloway. I can't believe I just said that in a sentence. <laughs> but – during the show, and Booger was fired up, right? Booger McFarland was fired up saying that this is a travesty and whatever. Booger. <laughs> yeah, that's way weird. But anyway. Wrong man named Booger. <laughs> yeah, but who's going to say anything to him? That's a big boy. Yeah. Um, but he made a comment about, look, when you say things about how good the SEC has been for the last 10 to 15 years, when you say we, when talking about whatever team or situation you're talking about, it's exactly why we feel the way we feel about this system. Right. Um, it, yeah. It's just, there was going to be a bad taste anyway, but like trying to, to justify, you had to work really hard to justify Bama. That was my point. And the criteria wasn't consistent across the board. So I guess I'll just say, I'm glad it's over and, and we'll go to 12, but again, there'll just be some other mess too. But at least like Josh said, you have more control. You win, you're in, you've got the, you know, you've got the automatic buy through the conference and you, you, you got to win the games that are put in front of you. And that's how Michigan's looking at this matchup against Alabama. So, yeah, like I said, we are going to have a month to, to really get into this football game. I I'm excited for it. I, I, I am. I think I think the Rose Bowl is going to be – it would have been cool for it to be a, a Pac-12 opponent, but I think the Rose Bowl is going to be amazing and, and against Alabama, and the storyline is going to be great. And then obviously, at the end of the day, after all this talk, all year and then this weekend, Michigan is almost even money to win the national championship. Right? Like, that's 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 incredible. They're, they're the favorite to win the national championship. They're two games away. So – Josh, you want to talk some recruiting since a comment came in? Yeah. Um, <laughs> old Jimmy boy's back again. Oh, um, Love thank you, Thank you again, Jim. You definitely don't have to – you don't have to donate to get your questions answered, please. You don't – that's definitely not necessary, but we thank you for that. Um, you know, so old friend Jimmy Jimmy H. here, uh, he asks, how is it looking with Gatlin Bear? Um, I, I think right now – Michigan sits in a really good spot. I'm not going to say that Michigan is a lock. I know obviously there's been predictions out there for him elsewhere uh, to Michigan, but, um, and obviously Michigan feels very good 
but you know, speaking to um, his circle, you know, yesterday was it yesterday? Yeah, yesterday. Um, he basically any any predictions that come in for Michigan right now are, are not coming from Gatlin Bear's side of things. They have not indicated that there's a leader. Um, I still think they're trying to give uh, Oregon a chance here to, you know, I'm not counter, but they're going to give, they're going to visit and, and kind of just make sure everything's checked off before making a decision. I do not think a decision is coming in December, at least right now. It could change. Um, he could sign early, but, you know, I was told right around the Ohio State visit timeline that he would be likely signing in February. Well, with his mission trip, there's really no benefit to signing early. Right, right exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He has a two-year mission trip, so even if he signs in December, he's not coming until 2026 anyway. So um, we'll kind of we'll kind of see just what sounds- happens. That sounds so far in the future (laughs) and it's not. And I hate it. (laughs) I know. So, um, yeah, we'll kind of see. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic right now that Michigan will get him. I'm not in a spot to, uh, make an official prediction just yet. I could, you know, it could, I could get a text five minutes from now that, that says that gives me enough confidence to, to make the, the, make the, the, the prediction. But, um, Right now, you know, if I had to predict, if he were to announce tomorrow, it's going to be Michigan. Um, and I think I think that Michigan probably would have been the choice if it wasn't for that uh, for that Boise State poll. I think um, I think Michigan led during the summer, and there was a reason why they led during the summer. I think the strength and conditioning program was one of the major keys to his recruitment, and obviously that hasn't changed at Michigan and in, in from – you know, from July to now. So there's yeah, a lot of reason- love of God pay Ben Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you have to pay him that that man never leaves. Yep. So there's aside a lot from, of good. Aside from the performance results, God recruits talk about him all yep. the time, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. No, there's a lot of, a lot to like in Michigan's favor right now. Um, the only thing that gives me pause is Dan Lanning is, is personally taking over this recruitment. Um, and I think Brock saw it too. <laughs> wait no it's two offices this is my office yeah, yeah, he's just, office, yeah. brock's just hiding in 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 the closet in his closet um <laughs> it's the the thing that makes me chuckle the most is the jewelry hanging behind you that must that's yeah, that's yeah. that's what makes me laugh the most no for me it's the the shoe thing yeah the shoe too it's it's a good it's a good look but i'm, I'm hey that just <laughs> <laughs> it just shows that Brock is dedicated to his craft that he'll find any that he'll find any room possible to make it work. I'm getting terrible I'm, flashbacks. My wife got like conned into doing that paparazzi thing for a while, the selling jewelry. Oh boy. Total pyramid scheme that no, it's not. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. it's fine, whatever. And we had so much of that shit. Like, and then she used to do like Facebook live and like, Oh my God. Oh yeah. Those are the worst. Yep. Yep. Anyway. Um, yeah. So when, when Gatlin committed, I think we kind of said like, this is step one of the recruitment, right? Like it wasn't over. Then obviously what's happened with Boise has pretty much eliminated him. And now it's down to, to Michigan, Oregon. Um, 
props to him, by the way, for the way he's handled this recruitment. Mm. He's kept a lot of stuff close to the vest, but he's also been candid when the, the time has come. So, like, I thought a statement about Boise was good for him to be like, hey, I'm focusing on Michigan, Oregon. This is where I'm at. Yeah. Um, you know, and then obviously with with his plans for the mission trip and everything, it just it's been an impressive recruitment. And every kid's different. And I don't want to take come off like taking shot at other kids. I just I've been impressed with how uh, he and his camp have handled this. And look, Michigan tends to do work in December, right? This is this has been a good month for Michigan on the recruiting trail under Jim Harbaugh. Uh, the, the 2024 class is, is largely complete. We had a lot yeah. of players commit early. Obviously, I think there's a couple other flip candidates as well when you talk about coaching changes and teams underperforming in Michigan once again, performing well. And then, you know, coming out of the Ohio State game, the amount of players that were there and then the, the success of that, that day overall from a recruiting standpoint, we could start to see some steam coming out of that. And Michigan's got an extra week here. Probably gonna see some in homes and such, but um <laughs> oh Michigan is going in home with uh Gatlin Bear on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Yep. Um, I thought you said that. Maybe I misunderstood. Oh, you were saying about Oregon getting another shot too. Okay. But, yeah. yeah, no, I said that I did mention that on the site, but yeah. I didn't mention it here. But yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. So thank you for reminding Box me. Box green screen choice. Yeah. Hey, you know what? We're making a joke of it, <laughs> but real quick. And I know we've said this before. I kissed Josh's ass a lot this year in the last few months. Brock has worked his absolute tail off this year. He's been to every single game, which has involved some not-so-fun travel at times. Um, I know you gave yourself crap yesterday, whatever, missing the hardball thing, but like you were committed <laughs> to getting that shot. You You had the first video of Harbaugh coming out of the locker room that got out, whether, you know, maybe you didn't follow him like the way you wanted, but you had the video. Um, and then obviously, you know, being with you in the press box and the work you did and running downstairs and doing the press conference and coming up. And then today, when it was time for us all to go home from the hotel, Brock stayed back at the hotel for a few hours to be able to do the articles on the college football playoff release and everything like that. So he could have missed this podcast. He had no idea there was going to be a large party at his house and 30 people instead he's <laughs> sitting in a closet to make sure he could be on this podcast. So we're having fun, but Brock in all seriousness, uh, I don't know what we would have done without you this year. You have been hundred percent amazing. You've done incredible work on the, not just like literally the activity of going, but what you've done while you're there, you, you've been an absolute rock star, man. And Josh and I both have a lot of things going on and consistently, Hey, can somebody grab this? You're always able to, to grab things and you have a lot going on in your life too. So uh, we appreciate you don't get enough credit, man. And uh, obviously you're going to get to, we'll call it a reward. Going to be heading out to, to see the Rose bowl. Right. So yes. Uh, haven't given you enough shout outs, man. So I know we're making fun of the closet thing, but seriously, <laughs> the levels you go to, to make sure you're here for us. We appreciate it. Dude. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. I appreciate 100%. it. Absolutely. Now turn 21 so we can have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> getting there we're getting there that's coming up it's coming it is. up yep yeah right. although after seeing these old men this weekend trying to drink and <laughs> I, I had to tuck wadi into bed <laughs> oh boy. He, he did really good actually we found him right away when we left and i was really proud of him that's but, good <laughs> yeah so anyway all right on that note 
the, the recruiting stuff is going to really start bleeding out pretty, pretty intensely here. It's lots of news can be coming. So make sure you're following Josh's Intel, michigan.rivals.com. Uh, I know we have a lot of members in the chat here. We've, I've noticed a lot of familiar names, but if, if you're not a member, please take, take a chance on us. We'd really appreciate it. Ask our subscribers. We say that. I know it's cheesy, but we, we get so many shout outs from our folks because they are the community. Uh, you can use promo code blue 30 to give a month free if you want to give it a shot as well. Um, but as much as we love you guys, please keep coming. We'd love to have you join the community over at maze and blue review as well. Uh, if you're watching here on YouTube right now on a playback, make sure you're liking, subscribing, doing notification bell. So, you know, when we go live, which is every Sunday, um, plus we have Dennis going live during the week. And then there's just always content. Toski obviously doing his cutups film review as well. So other than that, not a, not that eventful of a weekend, I guess, boys. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Got a break. It's going to be a long one. Do, you know what, though? In a weird way, this weekend felt like a break. We just talked about football, man. Yeah. There was a football yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe selfishly, we weren't the ones involved with the controversy this time. I saw a tweet about Florida legislators potentially putting some type of legislation together to protest this decision and figuring out what that's going to look like. And I was just like, Oh, I remember when I had to read about legislators <laughs> and lawyers and stuff. I don't care about yep. And Michigan's just number one and it's just football. What a relief. Although, like I said, it's really funny. The Twitter verse, uh, the Danny Cannell, you can put that back up the comment. I'm going to try it, try and find it, but I don't care that much. But <laughs> before the rankings were announced. Danny Cannell comes out and says the real winner of the day is Michigan because nobody's talking about the fact they shouldn't even be number one and they should be banned from the CFP. <laughs> maybe maybe that was bad karma that came and, and came after his Florida State Seminoles. I was just like, how are you mad at Michigan? Like, how are you mad at Michigan right now? It's so funny. How do you still believe this narrative that, oh, they cheated so bad? Yeah, that's why they're they're six and oh. Since the scandal came out, three and zero without Harbaugh, number one in the country. It's just fine. It's Deflate Gate. It's Deflate Gate. The more Michigan wins, the stupider the the comments look. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, guys, another great show. We appreciate the comments and the interactions and then the questions you ask. Make sure you join us next week as well. Probably gonna shoot for Sunday at six, where we're gonna start getting into the the Michigan Alabama Rose Bowl. How cool is that to say? It's gonna be fun. We'll start bringing it down here. On Hail to the Podcast.